0: Hi, I'm Mike Sklens, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, Episode 96, Guys in Tiny Bodysuits. We've got two segments for you this week. First up is an eShop roundup with Neil, Justin, James, and Patrick. And after that, Dan interviews Lau Crossguard from Napnok Games, developers of Spin the Bottle, Bumpy's Party. Enjoy the episode.
1: And welcome to Connectivity, where we're going to talk about the eShop on both 3DS and Wii U. And we might even talk about some virtual console. Um, We usually do these regularly, or at least we attempted to. Uh, The last time we did one of these, we didn't because it was around early to mid-April where we did the stupid time travel episode. Uh, Patrick and I took a stand against uh, Scott and Mike, the podcast (laughs) editors, and we're just like... Hey man, we're not going to do your present day podcast. Let's go 10 years into the future. Exactly. Um, the and past. I had a lot of fun doing that, and I hope everyone else had fun listening to it, but who knows. So we're going to talk about the eShop, and with me today are uh, Patrick Picross Barnett.
2: Oh, that's a pretty good name, because that's yeah. all I've been playing.
1: Oh, oh, that was, oh, yeah. that was kind of a guess, too. Oh man, we were playing it, but I didn't know that's all you've been playing. Well, um, not all, I
0: should say, but mostly.
1: <laughs> we'll get to that. We've also got uh, Justin Damray Baker. Hello. And we've got James Kakuga Dawson. Hey. Uh, So let's start off. um, We're kind of doing these in some sort of order, really, just what I put in a list. That's that's here, so it might be a little scattershot, but it's basically anything that's come out in the eShop in around the past three months with some discretion used. So we're going to start off with uh, the Dempaman 2, Beyond the Waves which uh, Baker, Trick, and I have all played. Um, so what what, what do you guys feel about the game?
2: It was all right. It's very grindy. That's how I feel yeah. like it's a lot of me not knowing where I'm going because there's no real guide, and it's really vague about where thought, it wants you to go.
1: I thought it was a lot better in the second one than the first one. The first See, one, I didn't play
2: the first one. I went right to the second.
1: Well, because the first one doesn't have the overworld at all, but it just basically, it's kind of like... I feel like there's a comparison to be made between these two games and No More Heroes 1 and 2, but kind of in an inverse. Because Mm -hmm. No More Heroes had all that bullshit that you would do outside of the levels, and some people really hated that. But having that overworld made the game more than just going from point A to point B and, like, killing shit. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like the first Dempemen, where you're just going in these dungeons and killing shit. And Dempemen 2 adds the overworld, which I thought was really cool. And I love the style of this game a whole lot, but... It just gets so goddamn grindy. I've I don't think I've gotten th- halfway through either of these games.
0: I don't, the grind didn't bother me as much as the fact that um, dimpemen that you got from QR codes when they died they went back to level one.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. Like,
0: that was my big because I mean unless you you literally want to like wander down the sidewalk with your 3DS capturing dimpemen from the radio waves, you you get to a point where you need certain kinds of DIMPA yeah. so you turn to QR codes and then they all die and you realize that they're all level one this
2: tragic and this is fucked can we talk about <laughs> catching DIMPA real quick does the 3ds actually sense radio waves well it yes I was Wi-Fi stuff and different di-
1: like basically the theory is is that uh every Wi-Fi signal every Wi-Fi signal has a different like uh you know it, it's not necessarily like the specific Wi-Fi signal but it registers something different so I believe, in theory, if you go to the same Wi-Fi signal, you could get the same DempaMan.
0: Yeah. Well, see, I did. in my I house,
2: did. I no longer get new DempaMan. I caught my three, and that was it. But if I yeah. go out to my car and turn on my radio in my car, then I get a whole bunch of DempaMan.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's like those things where, uh, um, like that game where you, like you put a CD in and, and, and uh, like the PlayStation. What was it? Was that? Monster, monster Rancher. Yeah, Monster Rancher, where you'd put a CD into the PlayStation and see what random monster you got. It's kind of mm-hmm. like that.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, it's I. I was uh, I ended up wandering all through my backyard with my 3DS catching <laughs> and which I do anyway to get street passes because I live in front of an elementary school. Creeper. And yeah, I'm creepy <laughs> like that. I'm I, the guy in the backyard like.
1: <laughs> um, I'm the
0: guy back there like, hey kid, come here.
1: I was in the Toys R Us cafeteria with the Wii U that no one uses. <laughs> i just going like like. Well, I didn't go around. I sat in my seat, but like. Looking as like executives are looking at me as I have my 3DS and I'm like aiming it at them and they're like, what the fuck is he doing? Get this kid
2: <laughs> I thought right I was there. weird. I was in the parking lot at my job with my 3DS open standing outside my car because you to catch the Dempamin you have to use the uh, the AR stuff. So I didn't want to sit yeah. in my car. Um, so I was just sitting in our parking lot and I'm just spinning around in circles and these people are walking past me. I just felt so strange.
0: <laughs> well, the worst part is like not only do you have to go to other locations to get Dempamin But you cannot be inconspicuous about the fact that you're catching guys (laughs) in tiny body suits. You Uh, just, you're going to look weird no matter what you do. Everyone
1: has seen the commercials from the first one, right?
0: No. The really odd ones with the people dressed up (laughs) as (laughs) them. I'm excited now.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, there's a third one coming out, and I'm not sure how well the second one sold, but, um, because I did the, the interview with, uh, I don't remember his name, uh, Chihiro Kobayashi, I think, um. One of the guys from Genius Sonority. And I I have a feeling that the third one will eventually come over here. But honestly, I hope it takes a while because I need to get into the same state that I was when the second one came out where I got really excited and then, you know, played like six or seven hours of it and was like, oh, yeah, it's the same shit.
0: You know, I, the the whole franchise has a lot of promise, and I think if they could, if with the third one, if they could just execute it a little bit better, it could be really awesome. I mean, it's one of those, it's one of those games that's just kind of right there, you know. No, uh, so, I I don't know. I think I think they could they could kind of clean it up a little bit and fix some of the weird mechanics like QR code dimp them in, and and they could really. Push it to the next level, but I don't know. So far, the first two have been good, but not amazing.
2: I'm, I'm now watching the Dippin' Man commercial. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, as am I. That's
2: well, now we all have to pull this up and Neil and narrate this <laughs> as you go through this. All right, all right. We, Do we all have it queued up? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all good. Let's start at the beginning. Okay.
1: Um. Uh, well, I'll try to remember to post a link to this in uh in the show notes. Are we all starting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's go. All right, so it's a black screen, uh, ESRB rating sign. Uh, the Dempa Men—they came by way of A candid study of the majestic Dempa Men, Volume One: How to Catch Dempa Men. A bunch of dude in potty suits walking around. <laughs> guys narrating about. <laughs> this guy's pointing to his back.
2: What is this? And now we just caught him. Did this air on TV? No. <laughs> I love how at
1: the end of it the guy introduces himself. Hi, I'm Henry <laughs> Um There's a couple of those oh. too, if, if you want to see the rest. But we'll move wow. on for oh now. God, yeah,
0: that was amazing.
1: <laughs> I think there's also a Photoshop from when the first one came out uh, that Nate or Tyler made of Nate, Tyler, and me as the three human Men. <laughs> I think it might be the cover art for the episode where we talked about Men last last September. That's great. Um so the next thing that we're going to talk about is rather it's the trifecta. This is what I'll call the the Guild the Guildo 02 happy hour time. Um super fantastic. Uh but we'll start uh chronologically with the first Guild Zero 02 game which is the Starship Damray, which I believe Justin you were the only person to play.
0: Um yeah. <laughs> um it was it was um it was such a weird experience. It was one of those games that was a great combination of Really like interesting story and atmosphere. And then a couple of things that started off as a minor annoyance and by the end of the game were just driving me insane. The biggest one being that there's virtually no music. There are moments where they'll have a cutscene and there'll be music. But the rest of the time, you're just listening to the sound of this little machine which you play going through the hallways. Which is just this kind of generic, robotic, wheel-turning sound. Which is fine, but when that's all you're hearing for like three solid hours, it kind of makes you go a little bit insane,
1: yeah, and I mean the game's not long, right? it's only like four or five hours I yeah,
0: think. I think I think I was under five hours when I completed it, but the thing is I mean you you kind of you know you don't if you listen to like music or something else or you mute it, it kind of kills the atmosphere whenever yeah. it does have those kind of creepy moments, so you want to leave the sound on, but then you just get bored I don't know, I don't know why i i, th- I, I I don't know. I
1: vaguely remember your review. I think I edited it, but I remember after I edited it, I was just like, yeah, I don't want to buy this game anymore.
0: (laughs) Like, it's a good game. I don't, I mean, either have no music and no sound or just, just, or have music and sound. I don't know why they would insist on putting this horrible, I can still hear it in my head very clearly. And it's just this terrible grinding noise. And I'm like, why, who thought that was a great idea? I mean, obviously, someone in the QA department (laughs) had to play that game for, like, 500 hours. (laughs) And I really feel bad for that guy.
1: I mean, maybe he made Bugs vs. Tanks after that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (sighs) Moving right along, uh, Bugs vs. Tanks was the second one. And Starship Damray, I forgot, what are the guys who made Starship Damray do before that? I mean, they're visual novel guys, Uh, I know.
0: I have no Um, idea. That was the one I knew, like, the least about. That was the one that looked the
1: most interesting to me. It's kind yeah. of weird because the way it's kind of shaking out with the Guild Zero 2 games is that like my initial instincts are completely reversed. Um yeah. I thought that Dan Ray was going to be the best and that Attack of the Friday Monsters was going to disappoint and it looks like it's the other way around. But before we get to Attack of the Friday Monsters, let's talk about bugs versus tanks a little bit. Um because uh I mean, this was a game that I still think I might pick up and it just seems like a, you know, a fun game where you're your tank fighting fucking bugs and it's like your Germans or something.
0: Yeah, you are. Well, it's funny, because in my review, I wrote, you play World War II Germans, and it didn't even occur to me, and uh, one of the commenters goes, I like how no one will call them Nazis. (laughs) And in retrospect, yeah, they are, they're Nazis. You play a bunch of Nazis um, fighting bugs, that's it. I mean, it's kind of neat, because you go through and collect different tank parts, and you can kind of mix and match your, you know, how you want your tank to be, and uh, they have different, you know, stats, attack and defense and speed um it it kind of I played it all in one sitting and it kind of wore on me i would i'd say it's it's fun to pick up, but don't do it all at once because it's pretty monotonous now James, you also played this game right?
3: yeah, I really only played the intro and a few other missions <laughs> afterwards mainly it it didn't really feel that interesting to me like right now I'm looking at the Metacritic page for it. It has like a forty eight out out of a hundred, wow, so
2: it doesn't seem to be well liked. <laughs> Well, that doesn't surprise That's... me because based on your description of just different tanks fighting bugs, it sounds exactly like Tank, Tank, Tank. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that—that that is exactly what you do in that game. <laughs> and Tank, so. Tank, Tank is free, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it wasn't free when it You know what's totally overrated? First came out. Fucking Kong
1: mode from Tank, Tank, Tank. Kong not mode as, was pretty great. Not as much fun as I thought it would be.
2: Well, it, it's good once. Yeah. And then after that, no. Like,
1: it was worth the, what did I pay, $2 for it or something, but like. Not worth any more than that.
2: I think it's worth, next time we do a live stream, I should bring Tank Tank Tank. Or you have it, you said. Oh well, yeah, so. I bought Kong Mode, because
1: that, that, that was my goal. I wanted Tank 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 for Kong Mode, and then they had it where you could just download Kong Mode, so it yeah. made sense.
2: That's the only redeeming quality of that game. But yeah. it was just funny hearing your description of Bugs versus Tanks. That's exactly what it reminded me of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're both, you know, game-winning games. Uh,
0: the... The weirdest thing about Bugs vs. Tanks was it had so much story. Yeah. I mean, it was people constantly talking. And really, it's a game that whose title perfectly describes everything that you will find in the game. So I don't know why they needed all this exposition. And then the really repetitive voices, again, with the repetitive, irritating noises. It's like if they added um, an
1: hour to Pacific Rim and just had like more exposition.
0: Yeah, it's like I, nobody wants that. Why would you do that? Yeah. It's like the new Godzilla movie. The guy said they're gonna focus on the human drama, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's gonna suck." <laughs> Good luck with that.
3: Yeah, it's like, so Matthew
1: Broderick's coming back, right? <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: I you know the the story's what kind of put me off it a bit. Maybe put it down. Like, I I want to kill bugs. I don't want to listen to people talk. And right, kind of a useless yeah. story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Luckily, it's pretty. You can kind of just ignore and skip it, but it is irritating uh, the whole time. I was like, who? Who was sitting there going, you know what we need in this? More exposition. <laughs> you know who
1: was doing that? Keejee and Inafune. Oh, yeah. like, you know what, <laughs> right? guys, I need to differentiate myself from Mega Man even more.
0: Oh, man, because uh, it works so well when they... Game.
1: And, uh, and then uh, Mega Man Legends 3. Oh, no, we can't do that. Bugs versus Tanks.
0: <laughs> you know, it works so well for the Mega Man franchise when they added tons of story, yeah. right? I
1: don't know. I mean, Mega Man 9 and 10 had some pretty r- great stories.
0: That's true. That's very true. I was thinking more like Mega Man 8.
1: Yeah, I I still I, I only know about Dr. Waiwi. Uh other than that I've never played <laughs> Mega Man 8. I've heard enough people go Dr. Waiwi, that I know where that's from, but I've never played Mega Man 8. Don't. I probably won't. Yeah. Um but we'll move on to the next game which I, I think everyone who has played it well except for Patrick maybe. Uh, Attack of the Friday Monsters Tokyo Tale, which is by the dude who made the My Summer Vacation games that have never come over from Japan. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Ray Barnholt's Scroll magazine, in which he actually went yes. over and interviewed that dude who made that game. Um I have not read the interview yet, but I mean Ray is a really solid good. dude, so I, I assume it's probably good and interesting.
0: That whole that his whole interview and everything with him was really cool, so definitely check it out. The guy's name is Kazayabe, yeah. I believe. Yeah.
3: Yep.
1: So Attack of the Friday Monsters, a Tokyo Tale. Um I bought this, I have not played it, so tell me why I should make time to play this game.
3: It's it's kind of like watching or not watching. It's kind of like playing a Miyazaki movie.
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard a lot. Like,
3: there's um one of the things they really d- did very well was the sound design in the game. The music is probably some of the best I've heard in a video game in a long time. Damn. Um, there's also if you're a fan of Japanese monster movies, there's there's not a lot of monsters in the series. But there is a lot of references to older stuff, especially Ultraman, if you've ever heard of that. Yeah.
1: Wasn't was Ultraman in Tatsunoka vs. Capcom, right?
3: Um the Ultraman's oh, no. a Subaraya productions. Tatsunoka's stuff like Yachimon and um
2: Yadaman and Tekamon. Cool. <laughs> I've only played this game for 30 minutes roughly so far, but so far all I've really seen is you walk around and talk to people and you just advance to different chapters. Um, I'm picking up all these different cards, but I'm not really sure what my end goal is or if there's actual gameplay other than just talking.
0: There's there's not a ton. I'd say, because I mean, I showed up knowing almost nothing about the game and um wanting to battle giant monsters and then was immediately disappointed and then kind of played it anyways cuz heck i already bought it and yeah it's kind of one of those it's it's you know it's like james said it's it's like a miyazaki movie you know it starts slow and you kind of don't know if you're into it and then all of a sudden by the halfway point you realize that you're like super super into it which is kind of <laughs> how it worked out for me like halfway through I was
1: like oh my god what's going to happen now so so and after this I,
2: recording I'm going to go play to the halfway point and I'm not going to be able to go to bed until I'm done right <laughs> yeah so, I, th- so that means I think i think i go to bed 20 minutes later right that's how short it is yeah i think i think <laughs> i
0: finished it in like 3 hours but i didn't do any of the post
3: post game content so. yeah that's about right i think if you do the post game you'll get about 4 hours out of it Mm-hmm. I, I know I heard someone um, someone compare it to, like,
2: a shin move for kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, that kind of makes sense from what I've heard.
2: I think the uh, chapter structure is interesting, how you keep starting all these new chapters and it closes them out roughly, I don't know, like two, three minutes later. It's like you're in a new chapter that's completed
0: some of them it does and other ones like it, they'll go on till the very end of the game. Oh, so it is, okay. it is yeah. kind of weird how they did the chapter thing. It kind of feels a little bit like they didn't really even need to separate it into chapters like that. But
2: I feel like they didn't need to call them chapters, but they're more quests like kind yeah. of objectives, not really a chapter. Yeah. They kind of remind me of
3: uh Shin Megami Tensei's force quest system a bit.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Definitely.
1: Uh, moving on. Yeah. I, I, I want to play this game and, uh, more i hear about being a miyazaki movie i'm excited i will say
0: but by the time i finished it i was it it ended up being a really really charming game and i don't know maybe so many hours of animal crossing have have (laughs) honed my senses for charming you know semi-life simulation there's no real objective games i don't know
1: all right so kakuga which is from the guys who made ikaruga um james you're the only person who played this yeah Um, I recall you being kind of lukewarm about it, so why are you so lukewarm about this game that has such an impressive pedigree behind it? I
3: actually kind of liked it. I think uh, Johnny was a bit more um, lukewarm about it on RFN. Like, I, He really didn't like it at all. Yeah. Um, for me, like, it's really slow compared to Ikaruga and Radiant Silver Gun, cause you you have to be kind of meticulous about moving the tank, and you'll have to go off-screen a bit to dodge bullets and different things like that, yeah. So, I can see why a lot of people found it a bit grating, but uh, I thought I thought it was pretty good. It's it's definitely the better tank game as far as uh, bugs versus tank goes.
1: <laughs> cool. Um, I still I, I've been on the fence about that. Um, I don't really want to play that. that it, what
2: What's what is the price on that? Right 8, I think? Fifteen. Yeah. That's pretty steep. It's for an still e-shop not even game. out in Canada, which yeah, actually, it's so weird. We Poor got Canada. a we got a
1: question <laughs> when I uh, when I tweeted out to ask questions for this segment uh, from Next Level Games, Brian Davis, who you know Next Level Games is in Canada, asking what's the deal with that. And the last we heard from uh, oh crap, what's the name of the developer? Um,
0: G-Rev. Um, Grev.
1: Yeah, Grev. Last we heard from them was that there was some kind of issue that came up and they don't know when it's going to get resolved. So if you're yeah, in nin- Canada, nin-
0: sorry. Yeah, Nintendo kicked it back to them, so that's Yeah. There
3: there is one thing that stands out about it quite a bit though, and that's the boss battles. Each level ends in a completely unique boss battle that's actually really enjoyable. Oh, cool. The rest of it's
2: pretty was... repetitive though. That's really good to hear
0: i was really interested in kokuga just because i was so into akaruga like way into it and as soon as i heard that there was some sort of connection i got excited but after i saw that it was a lot slower yeah. i kind of was same way still on the fence about it
1: cool so we're moving on to picross e1 and picross eat or i guess it's just picross e picross e and picross e2 um I have not. I have the second one downloaded and ready for when Lauren gets home on Saturday. <laughs> she can play it. Um, and she beat the shit out of Picross E, putting about uh, 15 hours into it. And I played a little bit of it, and it's Picross.
2: It certainly is. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing it scratches about that itch. It. All of it is is Picross. It's that perfect game to just sit down and quick do a puzzle in 10 minutes or so. Um, I do want to talk about Picross E2. There's this cool little mode called, uh, I think it's MyCross? Yeah, or Um, MyCross, I don't know. What it basically does is it it forms a 8x8 picture, and you just quick solve that uh, puzzle. It's not challenging by any means. Um, But then each one of the blocks that composes that puzzle uh, 64, um, you can click on that, and it zooms in, and there's a 10x10 Picross puzzle within that. And you slowly uh, chisel away these blocks until it forms this kind of bigger picture. Um, the first one I did was a work of art. That's quite recognizable. I don't want to spoil it if you like actually it's, care. It's
1: screenshots. If you look at a website that's talking about this game, it's probably there. Probably. There's a so girl. You want me to... She's yeah, famous. It <laughs> it's on the cover of a book by by some dude. They made a movie of it. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, I think I'm probably gonna check out Micross, um, Yeah. Or Micross at some point, uh, even before Lauren gets back, just because I'm curious.
2: I mean, it's just more it or less neat. just Picross, yeah. but just done in a interesting way. That is a good way to differentiate itself from Picross E1. Yeah,
1: and it's nice to see that they're kind of improving uh, from yeah. game to game. And we're we're going to get the third one in September, so that's cool.
2: Yeah. Do we know if there's anything new in that one? That's different? I don't think so. Well, it's out in Japan, but I haven't paid too much attention to it. Yeah. More uh, or less want to be surprised by the puzzles, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the last 3DS eShop title on the table that we're going to talk about, is Mighty Switch Force 2, which I was the only one to play. Oh, I've, I've played this. Okay, okay. Yeah. Patrick and I were the only two to play. Um, I I think I'm at, like, Incident 12 or 13. I think it's the bullshit part that uh, Zach talked about in the review. Um, and I really like the game, and I feel like I'll only truly love this game when it comes to Wii U, because, mm-hmm. oddly enough, that's what happened with the first Mighty Switch Force, is that I got on 3DS... Got about halfway through, never finished it, and then got on Wii U and played the shit out of that game to the point where I think I almost even beat all of the, uh like, the hyper mode versions as well, wow. getting par times. And then went back and played the 3DS game and got par times and everything and beat it completely. Um The second just... one just hasn't grabbed me as much. Like, I understand... That is very good and I like how they changed up the mechanics a lot because instead of just going around with like a gun and jumping and switching and stuff, you have a fire hose because now you're uh, you're trying to save the reformed hooligan sisters from fires and also saving the big, dumb, un- ugly baby by kicking <laughs> the baby and saying, you're safe, which is quite amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I... I Digging it a lot, but it just hasn't grabbed me the same way that the first one did on Wii U. But apparently this is coming to Wii U, so I'll probably
2: double dip. Wow. Um, something about these games, like I think they're good, and I, I enjoy playing them, but I don't get sucked into them. I, I double dipped on the first one. I have it on both Wii U and 3DS. Um, But all I did was just play through the levels. I don't go for part times. Yeah. I think it's more the way I just play games. I'm not one of those uh score attack, go for the high score clear the level as quickly as possible type of gamers. So um, I I enjoy the new mechanics in Mighty Switch Force 2. I definitely think using the hose is different than the gun in many ways. Um, So it's a welcome change, and I'm glad they made it. And it's definitely worth it, especially if you like the the time attack type stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I saw the first one as kind of like a beginner's guide to speed running because that's what, I mean, the game's completely revolving around that concept.
2: Yeah. And I think sure. it does a very
1: good job at kind of teaching you how to speed run in a video game. mm
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, Because that's the requirement that they set is you need to speed run this level. Um, it's okay if you don't do it the first time, but if you want to beat this game, you got to speed run this level. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to the Wii U eShop and we really only have two games to talk about here um because most of the other ones have kind of been talked about on the show in the past uh but we're going to talk about first mutant muds deluxe which uh i'll let baker and trick take the conversation over because i still don't have this downloaded
0: i loved this game did you? i was so
2: i'm sure you played had, the 3ds game right
0: yeah well okay. here's the thing is i i got it on 3ds and i played it and it was all right and i just never really went back Something about the Wii U version just was amazing. Yeah. It, they kind of expand um, the view. it's a little bit of a wider view so you can yeah. see a little more of the area, and they added in um, checkpoints. So see, there's I kind turned of... those
2: checkpoints off. I don't like
0: really checkpoints. oh my God those, those I think <laughs> those are what made me love the game so much. I mean i'm not <laughs> I like I'm the not challenge. huge yeah, I'm not huge into super hard games or really even moderately difficult games. But um this one it you know, I, I I feel like it does we don't we don't see a lot of games nowadays that do one thing and only that one thing really, really well and pretty much nothing else. Mm-hmm. And this, this game, I mean, it is awesome, awesome platforming and that's it. That's there's there's nothing else to the game. It's not any more complicated than that. And so I think the the expanded view and having those awesome graphics up on my big screen, which I know some reviewers complained about, I thought the game looked amazing on my TV. And um, it, the the Wii U version really sucked me in. Plus, it's got tons of levels. Yeah, I mean, it's got all the original levels. It's got all the Granny levels, and they added um a whole new set of ghost levels. And the ghost levels
2: are... really showcase the platforming that you said was so great because in those levels you don't have access to the gun well you do but uh it's limited. they're ghosts so you can't really shoot them and except unless you have the the special power up which isn't found very often actually it's kind of in yeah. a few levels and that's it I um, think but at I did levels it's just jumping around and avoiding stuff
0: yeah i didn't make it through all the ghost levels not even close wasn't challenging, they, or it, they they were really hard. <laughs>
2: See, I haven't I haven't finished the game yet, so maybe maybe uh, the the harder stuff still is waiting for me. I guess. Yeah,
0: I did everything else, and I don't know if I was just um, my reflexes were fried from doing the rest of the game <laughs> pretty much all at once, and then going at the ghost levels. But the ghost <laughs> levels were just they were too much for me.
2: <laughs> did you do the granny levels?
0: Um, yeah, I okay. did the granny levels. Those, those are were a lot of fun. tricky, some of them. Yeah. I mean I, I just think like I said it's it's rare that we see a game that just chooses to focus on one thing and just do that one thing really, really awesomely. And I'm I'm very glad that this that Mutant Muds exists.
1: I mean I, I'm I'm just kind of waiting at this point for time to play Mutant Muds Deluxe, because I know that I will romp through the game and dig the ghost levels. Mm-hmm. Um it's just more I'm lazy. I I don't play my Wii U much at all. Kind of sad. Well,
0: as soon as sunday rolls around you'll have a perfect excuse to turn it on
1: yeah i mean well i have been playing it a little more because uh part of it was because um uh well i'll get to that a little later it involves Mega Man as to why i played (laughs) it a little more but one game that will get me to play it a little more likely right after this podcast is cloudberry kingdom which just came out the day of recording um patrick i think you're the only person to actually play the full version yeah, thoughts?
2: I got home from work, quick downloaded it, and uh, I blasted through the first two chapters of the story mode. Um, the chapters are broken up into 40 levels each, and it, it's surprisingly really challenging. It took me, oh, I don't know, probably an hour and a half to get through those 80 levels. Um, and keep in mind, they're very short. Like, yeah, if are they you, like uh, Meat Boy level? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it only takes like 15, 20 seconds to get through it if you're moving at fast pace. Um But it's really fun and interesting. I do notice that the level kind of has this predestined path that it wants you to take. Um, There's checkpoints in all the story missions. Or most of them, I should say. Not all. Um, And if you start out at the checkpoint, as long as you move forward almost immediately upon spawning, you're almost guaranteed to get through the level because everything just kind of falls into place for you. Uh And you can just kind of waltz right through the level. All the uh, laser beams go away right at the perfect time. The spinning fireballs are lowered right when you need to walk on top of them. Weird. Um, which kind of takes the fun out of it, but it, it's still fun to play, I guess. It doesn't really take the fun out, but makes it easier. Yeah, Easier than it looks, I should say. Well, you um, can ramp up the difficulty in the arcade mode, right? In the arcade mode, uh, I think it might be free play mode, not arcade, arcade. mode. Um, maybe you can in arcade mode, too. I haven't ventured into that yet. Um, I did try free play mode, though. And I notice I don't think I have the hardest difficulty unlocked yet, so I'm not Ooh. sure how to unlock that. Maybe by playing um, through the story mode. Yeah, that might be it. Um, I put it up as high as I could, and it wasn't super challenging. I actually made it through three or four of the levels. Uh, not They are hard. It took me a while. And, of course, there's the uh, kind of the little cheats where you can watch someone else play through it or slow down the level, which makes it easier for sure.
1: Yeah, because that's what I think. But, I think how they make the levels is that they kind of have like the computer... Finds a path to do it, which yeah. I think is why you do have those really predefined paths. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to dive into it, though. I liked what I saw at E3 uh, so much yeah. that we gave oh, that's it, right. a, it before. one of our best V E3 awards. Um, yeah,
2: it's certainly a great game. I'm just I'm really excited to play some more of it.
1: Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so that does it for 3ds and Wii U eShop. We're going to move on to the virtual console, but before we do that, let's uh, let's answer some questions that I got from Twitter the other day. Well, will start off with the short one from Pajamas 2009.
2: Does he wear pajamas? It looks like in his picture he's wearing a
1: backpack and a t-shirt, so it looks like he's a filthy liar. I think
0: he stopped wearing pajamas in 2009. It's like
2: an in-memoriam. Oh, that makes more sense. Well,
1: do we think that the Game Boy Advance will officially come to the 3DS Virtual Console? Because it technically has with the Ambassador games. But do we think it will officially come to the 3DS Virtual Console?
2: I say two years from now, it'll be there.
0: I think until they can work out a sleep mode, because the, for anybody that has the Ambassador GBA games, they, if you close the system, the, it doesn't go into sleep. Yeah. Hmm. And I've heard some really technical explanation about why that doesn't work, but I think if they can't get that working, they won't do it. So I think it's all hinging on that one technical hiccup that they've yet to bother to fix.
1: And that could be part of the reason why they're bringing them to... Game Boy Advance games are confirmed to come to Wii U which is fucked oh up and backwards. But maybe that's part <laughs> of the reason why is that they can get sleep mode working on Wii U and the weird 3DS technical hiccup isn't really an issue.
2: Maybe yeah. it's uh, they're running on the 3DS in kind of that uh, DS mode. I think
1: that's what maybe. happens. I'm so sure.
2: uh, they probably built the emulator for Wii U from the ground up, whereas with the 3DS, they're just kind of uh, tacked it on yeah. via the DS stuff.
1: And maybe they will build that emulator. And, yeah,
2: it's just a matter of time. Yeah. I
1: mean, I feel like if if Nintendo is going to go the cross-buy route, um, or, or at least I, I think the more likely scenario is that if you bought Super Mario Bros. on Wii, then you can put it on your 3DS for a dollar. I think that's the more likely scenario for the cross-buy. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see, like, buy it once, play it everywhere. I think it's going to be buy it once and pay a very small fee to play it everywhere, which... I mean, you can complain about it, but it's better than you know paying $5 for each like we have to do on Wii slash Wii U and 3DS right now. Um, but I think once that happens, then Game Boy Advance games might come out and launch where you can get it on Wii U or 3DS and then have mm-hmm. them kind of be cross-compatible. Yeah. That would be fun. But, yeah. So the other question we have is from T.R. Brody. This is a mouthful. Um... Uh, There was also some explanation before. Valve looked at PC gaming, saw pirates were providing a better service, and then one up them with Steam. Why hasn't Nintendo done the same with the virtual console? With slow releases and features not as good as Nesticle had in 1997, Nintendo, in my opinion, is leaving serious money on the table. How does their financial crisis need to run before they leverage their strongest asset, the back catalog, in a real way?
0: I think that... Go ahead. I think there's this weird um I think there's two minds in Nintendo, you know, you've got the old school um business guys that are saying, "No, we need to hang onto these and trickle them out because it's a valuable brand and we need to make sure that the the each brand individually main, maintains its value cuz when you flood it all out there an argument can be made that it makes them look less valuable." So I think there's that going on, and I think they're also really floundering with resources as to how to allocate things to get first-party Wii U games back on track and, at the same time, keep the Virtual Console rolling. So I, I think right now, internally, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of shifting between departments trying to just shove things out the door as quick as they can. Yeah. I,
1: mean, I Which I think they need to do. The vir- because definitely. The Virtual Console team, I think, is pretty tiny. As we learned with Shantae, um, all that the third-party company does is provide the ROM, and Nintendo makes it work on whatever platform so. i think
0: they need to scoop up some of that we money from it getting a hundred million sales recently yeah. and give the the task of making um emulator wrappers i think they need to completely outsource that like who are the guys that did the game gear M2, ones i think is the- those those guys need to do all of them they are awesome awesome yep. awesome but that's just me
1: and I do like Nintendo's like the the quality of their emulation is, is totally fine. Um I I mean for me, I I feel like they run fine and I'm sorry yeah, emulators have come a long way and everything, but mm-hmm. like there's a certain there's that seal of quality on the shit that you get on, you know, Wii Wii U and three D S on the virtual console that you aren't really guaranteed with emulators. And and that's kind of I appreciate that. Because I know that I'm going to get this game and it is going to run as opposed to Oh, I might have to fuck with some settings to get it to work right.
0: Definitely. I have a newfound appreciation for Nintendo's emulation as well. Like, I just recently got a tube TV for my Nintendo, my Super Nintendo, finally went and got an old tube off the side of the road that I found. <laughs> and it's because I was doing comparisons between emulators and virtual console and the actual console, and I, it, it gave me definitely a newfound appreciation for just their emulation software. Cool.
1: Um so we're going to move on to at least just some quick hits with the virtual console. First off, if you're interested about any of the Game Gear games, we did an entire segment on that. It was uh me, Andy and Nick Bray. Uh we talked about the Game Gear virtual console games back in episode 91. So if you're curious about Game Gear virtual console games, go listen to episode 91. Um so we're going to start off with the few 3DS virtual console games that have come out that are that are kind of relevant I feel. Uh Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages uh were pretty big to do's back at the end of May. Um and I think uh most everyone of us have played them. I'm currently in seasons. I had to put it down because of Animal Crossing, that, that filthy mistress. Um but I'm I'm at the desert in seasons and I love the shit out of it from what I played. It's just that E3 and then Animal Crossing kind of took over my life, and I've not hmm. been able to go back. Uh what say you guys?
3: Yeah, I I um did, I did the review mini for ages. I think I like Seasons a bit more. Ages is kind of difficult. Like the puzzles yeah, are ages a lot is harder.
1: Puzzle focused, whereas yeah. Seasons is seemingly more action oriented.
2: Ages is what I played when I was like 6 years old and it ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why did it ruin your life, Patrick?
2: I I did not know how to play it oh. and I couldn't get past like the the second or third dungeon and I just did not like it at all.
1: You know that uh, Seasons and Ages were made by the guy who then later went on to direct Skyward Sword.
2: That's awesome. It was just weird. I mean, I'm sure I can play them now. I own them and I will play them. It's just, yeah. I mean, when it, I was that young, it was not the game for me. I think
1: my plan is uh, in the near future, probably post-Pikmin, um, but before September, I think I'm going to try to run through Seasons and finish that up and kind of save Ages for another downtime when I'm, you know fiending for a new zelda game because something tells me uh come november i won't be fiending for a new 2d zelda game
0: (laughs) (laughs) i felt like ages and seasons were really long when i played them originally but i guess if you know the order to do things in they're not that bad because my brother beat seasons the day it came out (laughs) which i go i I go that just came out today you just beat it and he goes yeah look here's the end credit screen and i was like oh well holy shit okay then. I mean, granted, it took many hours of that day, yeah. but... I was gonna say, so, I'm don't know. i,
1: I I'm at like Dungeon 6, and I'm like 10 hours in, so <laughs> damn. <laughs> but this is also my first time through the game, so... Yeah,
0: I mean, he's played them probably a half dozen times each, so... Wow.
1: That was like how I felt with Ocarina of Time 3D, because I think I beat that in under 20 hours, and it was just kind of like that game has become so reflexive to me, even right. though before Ocarina of Time 3D, it had been close to a decade since I played it, but just... In in those five years, uh, I played, I probably played Through Ocarina of Time four or five times. Um, it's a very good.
0: Yeah, play. Ocarina three D was my first time playing Through Ocarina. Yeah, wow. same here. What, what'd you think? <laughs> Ever? Yeah, um, I loved it because when when I, when we were kids, I always got all the like Metroid games, and my brother got all the Zelda games, and so I never I had played Ocarina. Like I'd go ride around on apona, and then. Killed bushes with my sword and that was it, you know. Maybe but I hadn't like owned two, it, kick some yeah, and get killed, ass. get killed immediately, you know. <laughs> so Ocarina 3D, um, it it just was amazing. The whole game was amazing, and it it made me finally, finally understand what everyone kept going on about with Ocarina. You know, the it's the best game ever, and so on and so forth. And I was like, well, it's fun, but I don't know about that. But Ocarina 3D really. Turned me around, sold me on it.
1: That's that's really nice to hear. Did you find? uh Well, I take it you did you play like Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and or Skyward Sword before? Um,
0: I'm really not a Zelda guy. I don't like Skyward Sword at all. Hate it, hate well, it, hate fuck it. You. Uh, <laughs> um, I've gotten in in tussles with people about this. Well, me and my friend tussle, like... <laughs> So roll up your fucking sleeve now. Uh, Twilight Princess, I got a good ways through it. I don't know that I beat it. Wind Waker, I don't think i've played more than 20 minutes of man wow um yeah just not oddly love nintendo never been a big zelda guy
1: i I always feel like some people just have like those gaps where it's just like what they didn't really play like you know i think i I know a bunch of people who just never played a pikmin game and yeah there were only two of them but still for all the the stuff that people are talking about about that game you feel like everyone's fucking played everyone twice but
0: well i felt the the same way about animal crossing there's so much hype and i was like really people are like like lots of people like right. this? That I thought it was, was just me and five other guys.
1: Yeah. I mean that was that was kind of me with Animal Crossing on three DS was that I played the GameCube one for like two weeks and I just not, none of it ever grabbed me before and then the three DS mm-hmm. one I went in
0: super deep. Yeah. Um, I've been playing Animal Crossing since it came out in two thousand two. <laughs> Solid. So I've I've not stopped yet. <laughs> yeah,
3: I started but, with the ES so. version.
0: Yeah, trust me. There's no light at the end of this tunnel. So, it's just gonna keep going until we die or they quit making them.
1: I know it's a it's a huge uh, going off the rails a little bit. But what exactly didn't you like about Skyward Sword?
0: Um, I, I I have a really big problem with games that have very long um tutorials. So you
1: just never got through the tutorial?
0: I I got um past the first three dungeons. So so you get through the first three dungeons, and then there's like another set of dungeons. Yeah, it's like Act Two. Yeah, I got probably like, I feel like two or three dungeons into the second set. And still, every time I turn it on, it's like, oh, you picked up a a green rupee. That's worth one rupee. And I'm like, okay, stop stop it, game. It does that every time
1: you start up again.
0: I also hated the controls.
1: I really like the controls. I think that's kind of where I come out on that is that I felt like there was a big evolution, especially because I played Ocarina of Time 3D earlier that Mm -hmm. year. That mm-hmm. I just saw that like, you know, Ocarina Times three D's combat was so basic. And then Skyward Sword just kind of, you know, was the, the incremental improvement from Wind Waker to Twilight Princess to that.
0: Yeah. I, I have a thing and I, I've never taken to motion controls well, have never really enjoyed them. Yeah. And it was done it was done well, but there's always that disclaimer. It's it controls really well for motion controls. Yeah. And I mean, if I swing my, you know, my Wii remote ten, 10 times, 9 out of 10 times, it will hit. But if I'm pushing a button, 10 out of 10 <laughs> times, it will hit, you know, and it's, I think that's just what drove me crazy about it is it's slightly inaccurate no matter what you do. And sometimes you will screw up just because of the nature of motion controls. It will happen.
3: So did you ever get to Girahim? No. Well, that's no. like the, the
1: dungeon. at the, He's the boss at the end of the first fucking dungeon.
0: The, Wait, well, hold on oh, the the guy. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying an like item. I was like, guy. I don't a, a what? what? No, no, that guy. That guy was weird. Yeah. That very weird character and weird attire on that guy.
1: I still, the, the more I think about it, that that first boss, uh Gihrim, is just like such a fuck you. But it's also like kind of a proving ground because, like, if if you if you get the controls, it shouldn't be that hard. If you don't get the controls, you're fucked.
0: Hmm. I had been, I mean, I remember fighting him, but I had been struggling with the controls all the way up to him and past him. I, I think I fought him a couple of times. I mean, I didn't just go up to him and get through it. Like, it was yeah. difficult. And i it was one of those things that, if I'm remembering correctly, I think I was so sure I was doing it wrong. You know, I kept, i, I, I kept it just wasn't working, and I kept pausing it and looking it up, and I was like, I gotta be, I have to be doing something wrong, because it's just literally not working. Yeah. And um, I wasn't. It just wasn't working out for me. I don't know. I was never a big motion control guy, and that game is all about the yeah. motion controls.
1: So, how are you gonna play Pikmin with uh with the Wii Remote and Nunchuck, or with the gamepad?
0: Oh no, gamepad all really? the way. i I still no, no. every
1: time I have played uh, a demo for Pikmin, I fucking hate the gamepad controls so much.
0: I've been that hearing too. that.
1: I like. I I feel like I because I played the original Pikmin, and, and I think it's very similar to those controls, but. I don't know, and Andy didn't really have that much negative to say about the Game pack controls too in his review.
0: I think some people just take better to motion controls, yeah. and I think Skyward games like Skyward Sword and Pikmin three are going to be. I mean, they're they're. You either like the motion controls or you don't, and there's completely yep. valid points on both sides. But I was just one of the guys that never took to them.
1: Yep, yep, yep. All <laughs> right, so let's uh, actually talk about what we were supposed to be talking about. Um. Super Mario Brothers 2 is on both 3DS Virtual Console and Wii U Virtual Console. Um, I know uh James, you've been playing through this, right? For like the first time.
3: Yeah, I right? I keep going back to it. I have a really hard time with the jumping in this game. Like it's every really time I jump, I feel like I miss where I'm trying to land.
1: Yeah, I mean it's definitely not it does not control the same way as other Mario games. Like I think it's a great game, but it's just so weird. Yeah.
3: Um I'm trying yeah. to get through it. it. I I seem to be having the same problems as I did before when I was a kid playing it. It's just the way the controls are. They're much less precise than the original Mario. Yeah. So it it's it kind of bugs me. Well,
0: I I really enjoy Super Mario Brothers too. I feel like the controls are imprecise but in a precise way if that makes sense. I mean, it, they take a lot of getting used to, but once you are used to them, I mean, I don't know. I, I did the mini review on it and like halfway through the game, it just kind of clicked and I got it. So
2: I don't know. Is there any character you It's a game that, 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 that I've recommend? tried playing many, many times and I've just never reached the ending.
1: I remember I beat it one time when I was a kid and it's one of those games like Ninja Gaiden that like as a kid, I was like some sort of savant on it and I try to play that game now <laughs> and it's just like I'll get to like a breaking point halfway <laughs> through and I'll just not be able
2: to get past it. It's crazy thinking you were a savant on Ninja Gaiden. Like and you played that on NES, right? Yeah. Oh, like wow. that's what like I legitimately
1: beat Ninja Gaiden twice in a fucking day.
0: I don't believe you at all. <laughs> that's not possible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like I go back to it now and like I yeah, I'll burn through it and like I'll I get to like fucking like what is it? Uh stage 4, stage 5 like really quickly and then hit a wall now cuz it just gets so goddamn hard. I do really my, well with my... that
3: game until the forest level.
1: Yeah, um, my uh, my my tale of woe with Ninja Gaiden was that, uh, one night I came or one day I came home from school. This is like uh, you know, mid '90s, so I'm in elementary school. Uh, played Ninja Gaiden. Like, uh, did not do my homework because I I did not like doing homework as a child. Um, and I was playing Ninja Gaiden and I was like, I'm gonna beat this game. I'm gonna get to the end. And you know, like I had like you know breaks for dinner and breaks for doing other stuff too. But I was finally I was in the last the last area and i think i was on the last stage and i paused the game and my parents made me go to bed so i was just like i'm just gonna leave the system on and when i get home from school tomorrow i'm gonna finish it hmm. my fucking brother turned it off <laughs> <laughs> so i got he, he turned it off like i think it was like yeah because it was uh he was going to high school and i was i was in elementary school so he woke up before me and saw that it was on and turned it off um Ooh. so when i got home and found this out i like flipped the shit. And we're just like, no, no, I'm I'm not doing anything like, okay, I'll eat dinner because I'm hungry, but I'm going to beat this game. And then I beat that game that night and was very accomplished. And it was the kind of thing where, like, my mom knew how upset I was that my brother turned it off, that it was kind of like, yeah, you can just stay up until you finish it.
0: (laughs) I had the mom that would always bump the Nintendo while vacuuming. Uh, Uh, That was the worst one.
1: But um, Shantae is also on 3DS Virtual Console. Um, I own it. I have not played it yet. Uh, Zach seemed favorable, but I kind of admits that it's a little David. So uh, yeah, Shantae, finally available. And it's like $500 million on, uh, on eBay still. Got a copy of the game.
0: I wonder if the release of really rare games on virtual console like Earthbound and Shantae will drive the prices of physical copies down or up.
2: I think it already has for Earthbound. I think the prices drop dropped significantly. But I think really? you're going to
1: run into the instance where people are going to play Shantae and Earthbound for the first time and have that collector mentality where they want to get a physical copy. Yeah. So I don't, oh, think, I, the, I don't I think the it, prices are going to plummet, but they'll definitely probably not be as high as they once were.
2: I think they will initially drop, but in the long run, I think they'll still end up being yeah. up there like, I don't, like the re- I don't rebound kind of thing yeah it's that initial dip and then a few years from now i bet earthbound's right yeah. back where it was before its release on
1: like i know uh, the guys on the player one podcast uh during their podcast last week they were looking at the prices of like physical copy for shantae and yeah. after the the game came out on 3ds virtual console copies were still going you know uh not brand new in box, but like in box, I think for $400, $500 or something, which is crazy. And I think just cart only still were pretty damn expensive.
2: That game's more expensive than Earthbound. Yeah. Right? I think yeah. so. Well, I think Earthbound's only like 200 I think
1: cart only. Oh, Shark that's might true. might have been more expensive, but the full set for Earthbound is stupid expensive. That's because true. it's yeah. the big box, the strategy guide, guide. and the game,
0: and yeah. the stickers.
1: Yep, sure. and the stickers.
0: <laughs> I had the pleasure of playing Earthbound with a physical guide that my friend let me borrow oh, whenever awesome. I got it on VC. So that was really—I mean, it's totally like destroyed. It's like I feel like a um, archaeologist with like a dinosaur bone, but it's—it uh, was really well, great.
1: We'll talk about Earthbound a little bit then, because that's that's came that came out on Wii U Virtual Console, and there was much rejoicing. Um. For me, uh, I watched my roommate play a bunch of it, so I I haven't played that much outside of sitting down with Lauren and, you know, sitting with her. She played through like the first hour, hour and a half of the game, and I I ended up playing about a half an hour the other night, Um, but I'm still I'm still in Onet. Yeah, but I hate the the way that the uh, the whatchamacallit the strategy guide is displayed on earthbound.com or whatever.
0: Really, I didn't. I mean, are you doing it on the gamepad? I did it
1: on the gamepad, and I also did it on the computer, and I just found that it ran really slow. That could have also been because that was around when it first came out, so it could have been. Yeah, it's gotten better. That's good to know because thats that's what killed me—is that like it would skip pages and it would just run really really slow. If I wanted to like zoom in, like good fucking luck.
0: The um European version of that Earthbound side just has a PDF download, so if that's easier for you. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what I did. I mean, I've done it because I was doing it for the review, so I wanted to do it on the gamepad and get the you know the the proper Nintendo experience. Otherwise, you know, I'd have to be like, well, if you also own a laptop to have with you, but it, I didn't have really any issues. I think after the first couple of days, it got a lot better about loading. So
3: now, can you have them both opened at the same time on the gamepad? You
0: can. I mean. It, it what i wish they would have done is for those 2 extra dollars i spent on the game they should have made it to where you could put the guide on the gamepad and the game on the screen yeah. um but you can i mean you home button go to your internet browser and it always saves whatever the last page you are on was yeah. so it's not it's it's not as seamless as it i feel like it should be but it's it's very workable yeah. i mean i i had a physical guide sitting in my living room and if it was more than a couple feet away i would just gamepad home button and and do it that way so it's um, it could be a little more painless, but it's definitely not bad.
2: Yeah. I don't think you need the guide that often either. I mean, you certainly do because m- most parts of the game are pretty vague. But I mean, a lot of the game is just grinding and battling enemies and getting through a dungeon or something mm. like that. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's only like isolated incidents where you need the guide.
1: It's the kind of thing where like I did my part, I I got the game, so <laughs> I'm in no rush to play through it because I mean it's been a while and also. Watching uh watching my roommate play a lot of it kind of satiated my, my need to play that game right now. Mm-hmm. Um and I know it's it's just nice to know that it's easily accessible in there whenever I want to play it. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking comforting.
0: I did find it interesting and I, I don't remember who pointed it out, but um someone was talking about how the scan for the guide is uh beat up. Yeah. And if you look it is, like the cover's all scratched up. I was like, Nintendo didn't have like <laughs> A nice copy <laughs> laying around, they gotta dig the well, one out of the bin that they had have.
1: You, if you ever go to Nintendo World Store in New York, uh they have like this like neat little museum thing. And mm. if you look really closely, it's like a beat the shit copy of Nintendo Power, <laughs> a beat the shit like box of Link to the Past. And I was talking to uh, someone that worked there and they were like, Yeah, like we generally just bring this shit into display. Like we're not given anything. So a lot of it is just like people who work there that are fans of Nintendo bring their stuff into display.
0: That's awesome.
1: Which is, I mean, it's really cool, but at the same time, it's like, this is a store fucking run by Nintendo. Come on, guys, throw them a goddamn bone. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll kind of do like a rapid fire virtual console round here, because we are running stupidly long. Um, uh, in the past couple months, months, you, you are now able to get Mega Man 1 through 6 on your 3DS virtual console, which is pretty awesome. Um, Also, Mega Man 1 through 4 are available on the Wii U Virtual Console. And we played on the Wii U Virtual Console during our Mega Man 10K last week. We played Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 4 on the Wii U.
0: So you skipped the best Mega Man? Well, okay. um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I see you (laughs) didn't pay attention, (laughs) ass. Um, But what we did for the Mega Man 10K was we started off with Mega Man 2. And then at the end of that, uh, we had an F-Zero X competition. And... um, and then the winner of that would determine which Mega Man game we would play. So, like, we had someone repping, I think it was three, four, five, and 6. So, 4 ended yeah. up winning. It was a close call. I think I think it was between 3 and 4. And 4 ended up winning. Yeah. Um, I was representing 6 and lost, which sucked. Um, not that 6 is that great, but...
2: I thought you were repping 3. Or
1: maybe I was repping 3. I'm pretty sure you were. Okay. Because I think was. Billy was on yeah, 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he almost won. So, so yeah. I had it backwards. Um... So fail, Either way, I the won. Best. That's it's the secret important part. best Mega Man <laughs> game. Um, and then we played Mega Man 3 and then we played Super Smash Brothers Melee and figured out what one we were going to play after that which is Mega Man 9. Um, that was our Mega Man 10K. Mega Man's a good-ass series. Yes. And um, we're getting more on the, uh, the 3DS Virtual Console which will be exciting. We'll probably do a segment just on those because they've got some weird shit in those Game Boy it's Mega it. Man games.
0: Some really rare ones, too. I think a few of those are like yeah. incredibly rare. I think Mega Man 3, Roman numeral 3, I think is really, really rare. Mega Man 5 right. is super
1: rare as well. Yeah. I recall yeah. Uh, Justin Barubi, uh, you know, other Justin. Um, <laughs> he made a comment about how he's a big Mega Man fan and he was trying to get Mega Man 5 on Game Boy and lost a bid on eBay where he bid like 250 or $300 on a <laughs> copy of Mega Oof. Man 5, which it's more like, holy shit, for that much. And like, he didn't even win. Like that's the that's kind of disheartening part about all that. Also, why, man, fucking two hundred fifty dollars for a video game.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: I, oh, I think you're saying that about the guy that has how many three DSs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He also he's
1: like, yeah, I bought two Pikachu three DSs. Why? Well, I'm gonna sell one, and then I need to, the other one for collectible value.
0: It's an investment, you guys.
1: Yeah. No, but he was saying, I think, uh, or maybe, maybe. No, I think he might have two of the Animal Crossing ones because I think he flipped one of the Pikachu 3DSs in like May or June and made a wow. sizable profit on it. That's um, awesome. Um, but anyway, uh, Metroid and Kid Icarus are also on the Wii Virtual Console. Whoop-de-fucking-do.
0: Hey, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa now. Hey, you look, I-, I think both Metroid and a game with an angel that's kind of like Metroid are both worth playing. Um, but definitely Metroid.
2: Yeah. Well, I like Kid Icarus. I thought it was Kid great. Kid Icarus was the better really? game.
1: I actually I kind of agree. I think Kid Icarus is, is the better of the two games. At least now. Um, especially because we've seen better Metroid games in that formula. Whereas Kid yeah. Icarus we haven't really seen. I don't even think uh, the Game Boy game because I finally got to play that because it came to Virtual Console. I don't really think it was that much of a step up from the NES one. Like the NES, I didn't like
2: the Game Boy one. The, I really didn't like the it.
1: The NES one has this kind of like I don't know. It just has such a douchebag beginning. Yeah, I was gonna say it's such a front-loaded <laughs> because difficult because the beginning game. of that, like that first level, like the first level or two, fucking impossible. But if you get through that, then the rest of the game's a damn breeze. Yeah, it's that
2: whole, it's that whole first world, really—the yeah. the, the first three levels—and then the the castle. After that, I think it took me probably an equal amount of time to play the rest of the game yeah. as those first three levels.
1: I mean, it's. I feel like it was just some kind of experiment where Nintendo's like, "What happens when we front-load the game?" and then it's like no one plays the game and the franchise dies. All right, move on. Um, Until the year 2012. Yeah. Which kid always, Rising, is the best game in the series. Oh yeah.
0: I've always, I've always preferred <laughs> Metroid between those two. I think just because I would spend a lot of hours just kind of wandering around and kind just kind of hanging out in the world, I guess. Like
1: don't get me wrong, I've got fond memories of the original Metroid. That I mean that NES game was my introduction to the series, but it's not a game, I don't I don't think I would go back and play the original Metroid, but I would go back and play the original Kid Icarus.
3: Metroid needs a map.
1: Yeah, and Super it Metroid, does. also available on the Wii U Virtual Console, does have a map, and Super Metroid, as far as I'm concerned, is the best fucking game ever made.
2: <laughs> I still haven't beaten it. I've I played it. I've started it, I should say, probably at least four times, and I just never get around to beating it.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in the water area. I think I'm right before that... that... I forget what the boss is. I always Fantoon? Forget... No, no, I beat Fantoon. Um I think it's Meridia is where I'm at. But mm-hmm. I mean I, I haven't really touched it since right before E3. As uh, I can say that for a lot of games. I think there's been three games on this episode that I have not touched since E three. So <laughs> it says a lot about how I've been doing shit lately. Um But yeah, it's it's right before that water boss, not not Fantoon. The other one. The one that's not that memorable. memorable. Mm -hmm. but yeah and then we had a bunch of kirby games back in uh april or may uh kirby superstar kirby kirby's dream course kirby's dreamland 3 i i've played a little uh probably about an hour between the two of them of dream course and dreamland 3 i really don't like kirby's dream course
0: whoa i just whoa my god the game's amazing
1: i mean maybe i'm just not (laughs) getting it totally because it's like I mean, I, I get that it's mini-golf, but there just doesn't seem to be that much to it. And I don't really like the isometric perspective.
0: Um, when I was little, Kirby's Dream Course was the only Kirby game my local video store had. And so I thought all Kirby games were like these mini-golf games. And I, I swear to you, to this day, Kirby games still feel weird because they're not mini-golf to me. Because I, I that, that was the only Kirby I owned for years. Yeah. And the I, I'm still upset that every time I play Kirby, it's not mini golf.
1: Well that's kinda like me with Kirby's Dreamland. Uh well, Dreamland 2 came out on three ds virtual console today, and Dreamland mm-hmm. Three is the Super Nintendo one that came out in like nineteen ninety-seven. Um, but I never played either of those games. So when people started talking about Kirby's like his like friends, like, you know, what is it like uh Koo the fish and like rick the hamster and stuff like that. Like I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about because I <laughs> I went from Kirby's Adventure to Kirby Superstar and then Kirby 64 and just everything else like I I didn't play any other Kirby games from that era. Um so that was like the progression of the game and then I discovered later in life about how like yeah I'm, I mean and like I knew about the the Game Boy game Kirby's Dream Land, but I didn't know anything about Dream Land 2 and 3 and they added like this whole other mechanic that just is never really used again. Hmm. Um. But Dream—I I mean, I feel like if I put more time in the Dream Course, I might get the hang of it. But I just don't feel like putting that effort into that game. I don't. I feel like the juice won't be worth the squeeze.
0: I mean, it's one of those things where if you're looking for a Kirby game, eh, yeah. it's not really a Kirby game. If you're looking for like a fun take on mini golf, it's it's you'll have a good yeah. time.
1: I mean, it's just—I I don't know—just the way. I, I think it's the perspective and how it requires precision, and it's got this asinine perspective. That you don't really quite know what you're doing, and it doesn't really explain too much.
3: Yeah,
0: I think I just played it for so many years that I'm I'm, I'm indoctrinated <laughs> into the Kirby Dream Course <laughs> physics.
1: And Dreamland Three, um, I mean, the, it has such a weird graphical style. I I think it's pretty nice. It, it kind of looks like like Proto Yoshi story to a degree. Um, but Dreamland Three is like piss easy. Um, because especially when you get one of his one of his little furry friends or whatever, his shitty friends, some of them like you can literally just fly over the entire level in an even more ridiculous manner than before, because like you can attack enemies while doing this as opposed to just being a puffball at the top of the screen. Um and just kinda like hover all over the place and go into god mode and shoot out like a giant needle and shit like that. <laughs> um, it's fun, but uh, you know I, I feel like I'm I could sleep and beat that game.
3: Does it have a hard mode like Kirby's Dreamland does? I, I don't
1: know. I've never beaten Dreamland 3 before. I'm like a world or two in now. I don't think I I don't think it's really that long, so I should probably power through it and beat it. But yeah. And then on Mega Man X, which I know there's some zealots for that game here.
0: That is the best Mega Man anything ever <laughs> made by humans.
1: I know, I mean I, I I've always kind of preferred the like the the ape games
0: or no that's incorrect i'm sorry
3: i mean i'll accept that (laughs) it's not the right answer (laughs) now am i alone Uh, for thinking that maverick hunter x is the best mega man game
1: but isn't that a remake of mega man x yeah
0: yeah it was a really nothing will be to me nothing will be as good as the original but maverick hunter was really great and i loved the vile mode that was really awesome yeah yeah um I feel like it was kind of broken in spots, but it was just really fun to play as vile, you know. But no, Mega Man X is best, best Mega Man anything ever of all time. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I mean, I just, I like Mega Man X. <laughs> I haven't played any other games in the X series, though, but from it's everything that not, I hear, I feel like it's not worth doing.
0: Yeah, um, two and three are all right, but really the first one is where it's at. I don't know the the whole game is just so amazing to me. Um, It was it was my first Mega Man game as well, so that might have something to do with it. Um, Because I did never own any of the NES games back whenever they were, you know, big. I got them well after the fact. But if nothing else, play it for the amazing soundtrack, the amazing '90s late '80s butt rock soundtrack. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't. I it. This is this is such a hard game for me because I can't understand how anyone could not love everything about it ever. I mean, I, like I yeah. I think it's a
1: great game. I, it's just that it's not my my preference for Mega Man. Games. Yeah.
0: I think there's so many amazing Mega Man games that a lot of it is just what you started on, you know. And and discovering such a, a great franchise, that a franchise that encompasses several great series, you know, it really just kind of depends on which one you started on personally a lot of the time.
3: Yeah, I started uh, on X8. Wow.
0: Damn. <laughs> that's way in I there. I started yeah.
3: on Mega Man 1 on the Game Boy,
1: and then I hated the series. I'm actually writing an article that's explaining my, my Mega Man trajectory <laughs> and, and how it really took until Mega Man 9 for me to enjoy the series.
3: Yeah, I, I think I got the most enjoyment out of the Battle Network series.
0: Oh, man. I, I have I have heard there's a lot of detractors for that series, but I think um a while back it was Jeremy Parrish, I think, wrote a whole thing about why the Battle Network series is good and deserves your attention and made me want to go back and check it out.
3: Yeah, I, I love that series. Star, Star Force isn't bad either. A lot of people hate it, but I really enjoyed it.
1: Star Force has some really dumb shit in it. <laughs> Like, I reviewed, I'm I'm currently looking for my review, um, because there's a there's a choice quote that I might have read on an episode before. Um, Mega Man Star Force Two. Uh, my abstract is apparently there is an alternate reality where Mega Man is a cross between a ten year old kid and an electronic wolf looking thing. Yeah, I dislike that reality. <laughs> um, here is uh, all right, the main character is established in the previous game is Geo Stellar, a fifth grader who just loves outer space. Apparently, his dad went missing, and in his sadness, some weird internet wolf-looking thing named Omega Z's showed up. Together, they form Mega Man. The game begins when a blimp advertising a movie crashes. Then, as Mega Man, you get the blimp up in the air. Geo Stellar takes the credit and scores free movie tickets for him and his three friends. Then they go to the city and hang out before the movie. They see the movie, but then some cheesy villain kidnaps a girl and takes her to the top of a tall building like King Kong. Mega Man rescues her, and then the gang goes on a ski trip where Mega Man eventually has to fight a Yeti. I kid you not, this is what happens. Later on, you go on a date with some pop star to a museum. Stellar is a fifth grade pimp.
0: This sounds like the plot to a Digimon movie. <laughs> it's
1: like, I was baffled because I I had no experience with uh you know Battle Network or Star Force, which just like, oh Mega Man came. this'll be fun. And I did not I did not expect that.
3: You know, I, I actually played this entire game in Japanese. <laughs> wow!
1: The, the funny thing is, like the battle system isn't really that terrible. Yeah. it's just that like everything about it's so dumb.
3: Yeah, the Battle Network series are about the same story-wise. I like, I really enjoyed the anime when I was a kid, so that might be why I liked it.
1: Yeah, I, re- I remember when seeing commercials for that and stuff like that. But yeah, I think uh, the fact that we're not we're talking about fucking DS games should probably wrap this shit up. Um, I hope you enjoyed this very oversized, overstuffed eShop roundup Um, we'll try to do these more regularly if there's anything that you feel we should do differently or if if you want them like weekly or something absurd like that we might be able to try to do something fun Um, let us know by emailing us at connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com you can hit us all up on twitter I'm at enron10 Patrick you are
2: at papatch15 Justin
0: uh, at D Frustrations. And
1: James. At Tells a Fan. Yeah. Um, so hit us up, and I hope you enjoyed this. Bye. Yeah. See ya. Bye, everyone.
0: Bye.
4: Everybody, um, everybody, my name is Dan, and I'm here with Lau, how do you say your last name?
5: Kosko, if you really want to pronounce it in Danish. Kosko. 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 Yeah.
4: I, I like to do it better because I'm a European and I feel we all have silly yes. last names. <laughs>
5: <laughs> true,
4: um, true. So, uh, welcome. Uh, could you kick things off by talking a bit about yourself?
5: Yes, yeah, so I. My name is uh, Lau. I'm a game designer in a small company in Copenhagen called Knappnug Games, mm-hmm. um, and I have been, yeah, I've, I've been working on silly, weird party games and prototypes for for three years now, I think. Also in a in a game collective we call Copenhagen Game Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we have done all sorts of experimental games where people get together, or look at each other, touch each other, and so on. And now we're working on, uh, or we are like just about to release a game called Spin the Bottle for for Wii U.
4: Mm-hmm. So, like Spin the Bottle is like your first experience with Wii U? Uh,
5: yes, it yes. is. Yeah. Um, we released a small uh, Wii mm-hmm. uh, WiiWare game um, very late in in that console uh, cycle.
4: Yes, I I I played it actually. That's uh, oh. called Spain Splash. Yes. 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 Um, yes.
5: Yeah so so and it's kind of a funny story we it's it's a, a guy who's, like from the homebrew we see uh, who has kind of like made this homebrew painting software thing and um we he's from Denmark and we approached him and asked him if he just wanted to make a, a, a real commercial release out of it because it was a nice little software uh, and we wanted to get experience with with releasing on on a console so we did that and it it turned out really well actually
4: yeah, painting with four people was mm-hmm. actually qu- quite impressive for that <laughs> little application. and yeah. Like sending your pictures then to your SD card. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with that, it was a good application. Um, but moving on then to Wii U, mm-hmm. um, so with Spin the Bottle, how did that idea came to be?
5: Um, so it's, it's very much f- uh, inspired by the technology and the hardware. Uh, I think like when we we got actually approached by Nintendo um before the launch of the Wii u um and they asked us if 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 we wanted to do something with the with the hardware and or if we like if there was something we could make up um so we sat down and 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 kind of like analyzed uh, this piece of technology and I think one of the most interesting things about the Wii u is is this gamepad that you can move around and you can sit in a circle around it, you don't even have to use a TV anymore, and that's that very much that was really inspiring because it touched it a lot of the other stuff we've been doing with yeah. yeah,
4: For, for, for how ni- much Nintendo made um, a big deal out of it, you're like one of the first to make use of that feature in like a significant way
5: mm. um, Yes, uh, so they have been like really encouraging from the beginning uh, at least those who kind of understood what we were doing um, and and so, so that has been really cool. Uh, that and and I think um, it has also been important to us to really just like focus on that on 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 that uh, possibility to make a game where you don't look at the TV but look at the gamepad. Uh, so we have really like uh, really explored that area a lot. And and so now we end up with a game we can't really port to any other console. It it really lives on the Wii U. But I think that's a, that's the better way of doing, you know. Well, Games. definitely.
4: Yeah. Well, the, the game is focused around the gamepad and using, like, the Wii remotes mm-hmm. And the television, I, I played it earlier today, and the television just shows a single screen. You don't have any use for it. It's just not able to fit in the experience. No, and, and I think and the,
5: the the whole thing is, if as soon as we start showing something on the television that is important, people would start looking at the TV instead of looking at each other. And, like, the yep. whole goal for us is to make a game where people look at each other and laugh at each other and, and do awkward, silly stuff. Um, so so that's why we want to move attention away from the TV and onto each other. But we actually... So you can still use the TV for audio uh, feedback. Mm-hmm. And th- I think that's... we Because we don't have any visual feedback, audio is really important often in many of the mini-games. Yes. Um, so that's why you need some kind of speakers and... and
4: yeah. I I know that you did how the setup was at E3 where you just added like you put like a speaker yeah. set into the Wii U gamepad mm-hmm. mm. input and mm. um you had audio through that way so that works as well mm. I guess yeah definitely but uh, the television was a nice usage for that for you didn't have any use else for it it was mm. like just focused on that gamepad experience which I find really interesting cool thanks um it's it seems like the things you do with the game become then also harder to convey. Um, yeah. how do you are planning to make it inviting for like the consumer to try?
5: Yeah, so it's um, that's one of the big challenges for us right now is to just how to communicate this idea in general. Because we can't really mm-hmm. show any screenshots for instance of the game. That doesn't well we can, but it doesn't really say anything about what this game is about. True. Yeah. Um so Yeah, it's a challenge. Like, uh, I think, luckily, there's a a trend right now in, like, we see other games like that. I think there's, for instance, Johann Sebastian Joust um, that Mm -hmm. is in the sports friends for for PlayStation, uh, which is also the kind of game where you look at each other and touch each other and so on. And so, so you see other kind of games like this, uh, or exploring this space, at least. Uh, And I think, um that kind of resonates with a lot of people i think it's uh, a lot of people want to play games where we look at each other and 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 not look at the tv anymore so so there's definitely uh, there's some there's a need for this
4: yes so um i i think that the trailer you guys released did a good job of like showcasing what you exactly do mm. and they also like showed it during the nintendo direct um because the first time you had that that small crib during the like the reel of like games coming out for the eShop where people didn't really understand it but during the Nintendo Direct which was released like a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. with like the guys from Nintendo explaining it and what you do and with the images of that trailer mm-hmm. I think people really got the idea of what the game is exactly about.
5: Yeah, I'm glad to hear that, but we have also held back, like, the the very first teasers we made of the game, like, half a year ago a year ago, were, like, these really silly ones only showing the characters, and we kind of... we we just had to accept at that point in time that we couldn't show... like, we, we couldn't really explain the gameplay at, at that point in time, we could only make, uh, like, make people curious. Um, so for a while we only communicated with these kind of like really weird videos of of these silly characters dancing and bouncing around uh and and then finally we got like we got to produce some really good footage of actual human beings like our friends basically playing together mm-hmm. and and having fun together um and it but it's it has been so hard making that video because it's it's a really hard balance making something not too like. Nintendo Xbox, expo- you know, there's these kind of like so cheesy trailers of, of happy families playing together in these kind of like <laughs> perfect houses and so yes. on. And we didn't want it to do that, but we also wanted to show real, like real human beings having fun and so on. So uh, it has yeah. been a struggle, but I, I'm glad you liked it. Um,
4: but going deeper into what the game then actually entails um, so the game is a multiplayer game only and it needs to be set up front. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was impressed by was how well the various collaboration, collaborative experiences work. Um, for the people who are not in the know, could you give like a glimpse of a couple?
5: Yeah. So, so the game is multiplayer. Everybody's competing against each other. But all the challenges you're getting is is uh, cooperative. Uh, there's always like two people uh, who have to collaborate. And if they, you know, win the minigame, they get a point mm-hmm. each. So, so some of the games we're doing is that... Um, one of them is called The Drill, where you have to hold the Wiimote together and spin around in order to drill a hole. Yes. Uh, we have some awkward ones, like one of them is The Circus Act, where you have to hug each other and hold the Wiimote behind each other's back and then jump mm-hmm. at the same time, um, which is kind of really weird and, and hard. And uh, we have... Um, there's uh, games where one of the players, uh, the shooting style... One of the players is looking at the gamepad mm-hmm. and instructing the other player who holds a Wii mode in order to, like, steer like a rocket on the gamepad. Mm-hmm. So that, that game is about communication. So, like, either, you know, it's about communication or it's about body contact or, or eye contact in, in general. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the spaces we're exploring.
4: Yes, well, uh, my personal favorite was, for example, uh, jumper. Yeah. Where like one people person looks like the g- at the gamepad, and the other and he has to instruct like the other player with like the remote in his pocket to like jump at the right moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually like really surprisingly fun, just like relying on the other player to overcome a challenge.
5: Yeah. And it's it's really hard because you have to kind of like anticipate that there's like a delay in the like you have to say jump the other one actually have to perform it blah 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 and so on so yeah. it all it always goes terrible wrong when you <laughs> when you play that simple game
4: yeah I, I was also impressed with like the, the pleasure found in the game because like the Wii mode is not always responsive but does a trick fairly well mm-hmm. but but like I used the remote plus, so I don't know if it makes like a l- huge difference, but um I was like really fond of like dancing the walls and like mm-hmm. like being like being jump like jumping being guided by the other player. It was certainly something mm-hmm. um how did you get like the remote functionality to the point of satisfaction because it's such a large point in the game mm-hmm.
5: yeah, um well, we've been missing a lot around with with just like accelerometers and so on and we have some experience from earlier prototypes we've done in this space, but in general, we have just I think being really forgiving is um, is, is is a good uh, a, a good first rule. Um, what what you kind of quickly realize now you you don't really but. It, you don't really realize it but you could do anything in the dancing walls like you could just shake that Wii mode and stand and 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 having a boring time but you know because you're doing that with another person and there's an audience looking at you and so on of course you're dancing the walls and and you feel like it's kind of detecting what you're doing but um but i think it's what i think that's kind of like the common critique of many Wii mode games that you know in in wii tennis you could just like you know, jerk the mode, and it, you know, it makes a perfect serve. But, and, and I think, yeah, that's a problem if a single-player game, if you're trying to optimize your strategy and so on. But in a multiplayer game where people mm-hmm. look at you and laugh at you and so on, you wouldn't be the idiot just, you know, optimizing this. You, you, you feel like you have to dance anyway. So yes. we, we don't have to be that strict in our, in our motion detection, basically.
4: Yes, for the for the, like funny tricks you do, where for example like there's this game called I think it's called Darkbone. Bone, yeah. where you have to like set the remote behind the other player, and he has to be blindfolded and he has to find like the remote behind the player other player's back, mm-hmm. um, which which still feels pretty alright and accurate. Mm-hmm. Because I I dropped that remote like two times <laughs> and I I failed that minigame. Yeah. Uh, uh,
5: yeah. It's yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting minigame where like one blindfolded player crawls around and y- the other one has to guide that player and they get maybe a bit too close and suddenly you're like you knock over the remote and and lose together. Um. But yeah, it's 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 uh, it's really about finding a balance between uh, penalty and and forgiveness mm-hmm. in in these kind of things.
4: Definitely. So uh, beyond a party game in which you spin the bottle and try like score like flowers to win, uh, you have the option to like practice the games and collect some trinkets. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: Um, Outside of that, though, there isn't too much in the software. Um, How do you intend to keep like things fresh? You can change up the rules, for example, correct?
5: Yeah, yeah. So um, we kind of like I think the default mode. It, it's pretty easy to begin with, I feel, <laughs> but but we have also yes. played this a lot. But you, you should definitely go into the settings and make it uh, harder, which makes mm-hmm. I- like everything more more penalizing. And yep. um, we we have added this option of um, of the bonus challenges. So if you enable bonus challenges in the game, like for every mini game you you get, you will get a like a weird bonus challenge. So that could be try to play this with closed eyes, or try to play this while making monkey sounds, or try to play this. Standing Mm -hmm. on one leg, so we have like all these kind of like extra conditions you're getting to your mini game that uh, that sometimes quite radically changes up the play situation. Like you have to like stand back to back or not saying anything or stuff like that. Um, So that that kind of like on the short run makes makes uh, stuff interesting and fresh. Then we're working on new updates for the game already. Um, oh wow! Yeah, so s- because it's actually pretty easy to make new mini games. It's uh, you know it's not there's almost no graphics on the screen, so so it's it's pretty fast for us to produce uh, new updates. And we we'll like during this fall we'll make a new update with you know, a handful of new mini games. Um, mm-hmm. And and that would um, yeah you know, and and so the idea is to like have a continuous stream of updates of new mini games, and in the end we'll have like. I don't know. <laughs> Tons of <laughs> mini games to play.
4: You have announced plans to like to expand the game over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any ideas where you will then take this, or will you wait for c- feedback on consumers for like ideas, perhaps?
5: Um, we would very much get, like to get feedback from consumers, and I, and and I can't wait to see um what like what ideas people have. Right now, we're exploring. Um, I don't know if I could. Okay. <laughs> so uh this is kind of not official yet but uh, let's say okay. to the world uh, but but no like i think our next update will be um themed around the the camera so we don't really use that in uh, in these uh, 14 mini games but oh, wow. we have all sorts of ideas of how to use the camera in weird ways so so that's actually going to be our next um, next update and I hope after that, actually, I would really love to make an update, uh, which more like is, is a community update with like ideas from from our fans. Um, so that's that's our like long term goal. Let's see what we can do.
4: Mm, that's, that that would sound very interesting because, like, I feel like some of the more creative people are just like in the audience, sitting from the whole, handing from. I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Having that eventually happen would yeah. just be. Single-handedly, the most amazing thing ever. Definitely. One what, yeah. what,
5: one thing I would really love to include at some point is the option of making uh, your own extra rules. Like you could imagine that you, while you play, you write an r- like write down a rule, and that mm-hmm. kind of like that's the rule for this game. But well, then maybe making options for sharing those rules between players in the Miiverse or something like that would be really uh, crazy. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, like <laughs> like
4: uh, just creating because every, like every single like with regular board games. Mm-hmm. You have people who create their own house rules, like Definitely. their own set of rules. So yep. it would be interesting to see uh, which variants, like other players, could come up with.
5: Yeah, and and I think that's very much in the spirit of this game. Like we really want to make a game that, like, where the players take control over the play situation and make their own rules or their own, like, for instance, like it's pretty easy to make uh, drinking rules to this game or whatever kind of rules. So <laughs> so, so we want to make it, like this kind of like flexible system that that people can just add. Uh, and And make fit into their social context
4: well definitely it, it, it's it sounds like the type of game that 's exactly made for it, so mm-hmm. so the presentation of spinnables is also kind of funky yeah <laughs> how do you how do you come up with the weird characters and <laughs> compose that soundtrack because it's really cool
5: cool thanks um yeah so we so we in Knapna games is collaborating with a Swedish game like indie game studio called Red Grim. Um, and they are doing kind of like the creative side, um, the the art and the the audio, um, and so so their artist is called Simon, Simon Gustafsson, and he's a, a brilliant mind and a really disturbed, uh, weird person, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he do these fantastic things, and um, well, I think the w- I think I I asked him like very long time ago to give me a, like a concept of some. Silly, innocent, childish, but weird and suggestive characters, and uh, <laughs> and he gave me these kind of yeah uh, sausage animals or whatever they are. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it's it's pretty simple, silly humor, but it kind of works. <laughs> um, and and uh, and I love how it, like you know colorful and bright it all is. Like it has this kind of like weird like. Hits this weird space between, like, innocent, ch- childish, and also yes. just like, absurd or weird. Um. So that I, I think that's really fantastic.
4: Well, great. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what does the future for you hold after like Spin the Bottle? I yeah. mean, but will you perhaps like pursue another project on Nintendo platforms, or am I? Speaking way beyond like current plans.
5: <laughs> no, uh, you're not. But you're like uh, asking for uh, informations. We, we would like to uh, announce later. No, what I can say is that we are actually working together with uh, a Swedish, another Swedish indie uh, developer called Niflas, mm-hmm. uh, who has been doing. He did Night Sky for, ah, yes. f- for DS, and he has been doing all these amazing moody platformers, um, also just for PC. He's a brilliant uh, game developer, and he really wanted to make a game for the Wii u. He had this idea and um so now we're working with uh, like uh, on realizing that basically so it's not it's basically his game it's uh, like it's it's not a weird awkward party game as as we like to do but um <laughs> but it's uh, it's uh, uh, very much a niflas game but it, that
4: um, actually really excites me because uh mm-hmm. Like, Night Sky on 3DS was one of my favorite, like, physics-based platformers last mm. year, so... Mm.
5: Uh, well, you will, you will definitely like this when... But it's, like, very early right now. Yeah. We might be able to show some screenshots in a few months or something like that.
4: Okay, yeah. against against the end of the year or early next year?
5: Uh, uh, yeah. Well, we will definitely show some screenshots this year, but uh, we mm. will I think launch might be in a year or something like that. Oh, no, that yeah. that's
4: sounds totally yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and I now, kind of want to ask like a more serious question because there's mm-hmm. of course like an elephant in the room with, of course, the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have been like down on the system, and we generally just want the system to do better. Mm-hmm. What do you think could help like the system for like the long term?
5: I think. Nintendo is actually kind of doing it okay right now. I feel like, like if if you look at the launch like schedule for the next two months, it looks amazing. Oh yeah, uh, is, especially on the Wii or on the eShop. Um, that like that's, that's just good stuff coming out. Or just like Cloudberry Kingdom, for instance, is fantastic. And there's just, uh, yeah, just I've been, just been playing. Yeah, it, so. and there's awesome games coming out in 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 the like very next two months. So I think um, to me, and I might be biased, but I think one of the Really important things for, for Nintendo is actually the eShop and is to support quirky and unique uh, independent games. Mm-hmm. I think that's where um, that's where you will see innovation and that's where you will see good use of uh, of, of the hardware. Because mm-hmm. of course, like big AAA mainstream games, has to you know support all types of uh, uh, interfaces and and, and yeah. consoles. So it, ha- it will be a, a bland experience. Um, I, I
4: think I feel that Nintendo is very open in how they present themselves, with like their 3DS and Wii U e- shops right now, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, it is personally like very encouraging to see like developers like being so so open and f- so happy with Nintendo about that front.
5: Definitely, uh, and and I think we have um, we have really good experiences until now. Well, of course we haven't been paid yet, <laughs> but um, so so let's see how much we're gonna earn. But the uh, but. Uh, until now, it it's, it has been a really good experience. Just like uh, the support we're getting from Nintendo and so on. So, so that's really great. That's that's of course yeah. you know, it. There also needs to be a market. It's um, so, but but still, for for small developers like us, like a success would be I don't know what you know, fifty thousand, hundred thousand sales or something like that. And there's still you know millions of of Wii U Wii U's out there. So, you know, it's it's not a problem. For me, that there's not like ten millions, but only five millions we use. Like I, I, I just need to hit like fifty thousand. So, <laughs> so, so, in, in that sense, um, if maybe I don't know, maybe we just have to realize that you know we're not going to win the this generation's consoles wall, but but it could still be a viable and 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 dynamic platform.
4: Yeah. I mean, I mean the Wii U is a console that is always connected thanks to like Miiverse and all these other functions. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, more likely to see like people like recommending your game on like the on like the home screen and maybe mm-hmm. then checking out the eShop and perhaps like give it a go.
5: Mm. Yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to ho- the whole like me also just my uh, possibilities of interacting with the fans of the game. Um like there is uh, I think at least some, uh, like, uh, Miiverse uh, groups are really, like, uh, interesting, and they, like, engage in a dialogue with the developers. Um, So I think uh, the whole, like, my options, or, like, us as a developer's option for engaging with the fans, getting into a dialogue with them, Mm -hmm. and let fans recommend games to each other and so on in in the Miiverse is is pretty exciting. Yeah, Um, I would... One of the prob- there's still some problems, of course. Like I think the home screen right now is generated out of uh, like raw activity in the Miiverse, so like those mm-hmm. communities with most activity also get like get like bounced up to the home screen of of uh, the console. So like ideally, you know, you 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 wanted to make a game, <laughs> you wanted to make a game that generated activity or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think uh, there is. And I might in the future, like, actually, it would be interesting to to, to design games that that really integrates these network features much more. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so that's yeah, it that's pretty exciting.
4: I mean, like, me For still expands like till this day. Um, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, it's it's still it's still a developing service, and they do yeah. like updates like every like three weeks now it seems. Yeah. So who knows? It, it could be like the time when you're actually going to use it, there's a whole bunch of features that you never even thought about. Mm -hmm. But that's, like, something for, like, long-term. Yeah. Um, So, lastly, like, the final question would be, I want you to give, like, a chance to, like, give a final pitch for your game in roughly, like, a minute. Uh, Why should people, like, be excited for, like, Spin the Bottle uh, Bumpy's Party? And your time starts now.
5: Okay. So, Spin the Bottle Bumpy's Party is a... uh, A game that doesn't use the uh, the TV. It's a party game where you look at each other. You don't look at the TV, and I think that's like party games nowadays. Kills parties. Just all stares at the TV, and that's not fun. So we want to make a game where you look at each other, touch each other, and interact with each other, and laugh at each other. Uh, And that's been the battle.
4: (laughs) Oh, that's very quick.
5: (laughs) <laughs> was that a minute or was it half? Yeah, uh, half you, st- you still have time
4: li- you did it like <laughs> in 35 seconds
5: that was <laughs> um, so buy the game <laughs> yeah.
4: well yeah th- you could have added that sentence to everything buy <laughs> great um, so well, thank you so much for having this talk with me um, oh, cool. I, I, I hope uh, people get excited for the game and give it a go
5: oh thanks thank you for inviting me
4: yeah thank you so much And uh, thank you all for listening, and I wish you all a very good day. Bye!
0: Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to send your listener mail questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, and if you've got a moment, please rate and review the show on iTunes.